This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, Europe is undoubtedly moving to the right and in some cases quite dangerously so. Last uh, week uh, we saw Sweden take a right turn and of course in Hungary Viktor Orban has basically almost abolished democracy and law and uh, the same has happened to a somewhat lesser extent in Poland. Yesterday in Italy uh, there was an election, a very important election. The result was predicted by many, and it is that a right-wing alliance led by Italy's first female prime minister, Giorgia Maloney, the Brothers of Italy are her party, and they will have a majority along with the League, which is led by Matteo Salvini, and our old friend Silvio Berlusconi's Forza Italia party may also be in the coalition. Mr. Berlusconi is most famously uh, known, I think, for his bunga bunga parties. <laughs> we're, jo- we're joined now from uh, Rome by Paddy Agnew, an old friend, and for many years uh, the Irish Times Rome correspondent um, and a very, very good journalist indeed. Paddy, I, even I draw a laugh from you by mentioning Bunga Bunga um, wow. and Silvio Berlusconi and his Forza Italian party, which won enough votes to be in what looks like a right-wing alliance led yeah. by uh, Maloney including, yeah. and including uh, Matteo Salvini, who is a, uh, and his league party. Yeah. Salvini in particular is uh, quite... Interesting character, very close to Vladimir Putin, I understand. Yeah, well, Maloney's very close to Viktor Orban. Uh, so yes. you, uh, you have a situation, and this is one of the reasons why this government potentially worries people. You have a situation in which uh, Giorgio Maloney is going to lead uh, Fratelli d'Italia in this coalition. Uh, she's friendly or... Uh, yeah, friendly. We can say friendly with Victor Orban. She sees the, the uh, she believes in you know God, family, and fatherland, the same sort of yes uh, populist right wing views. Uh, but uh, 
two of her, and, and it's a three-way, as you've just explained, it's a three-way centre-right coalition. But the other two members, La Lega and Berlusconi, Forza Italia, they are both uh, historically friendly to Putin. And indeed, in the last week, in the last week, not 10 years ago, in the last week, Berlusconi said, oh, well, when Putin started the war in Ukraine, he was only trying to put the right sort of people into power. He didn't mean any harm. He actually yeah. said that. Uh, and, and drew a lot of complaints from people for saying it. Yeah, you describe it as a centre-right coalition. Others have described it as a right-wing alliance, and they can't see the centre bit of it. It is Giorgia Maloney herself who declared herself to be centre-right, but she was, as a young woman, a fervent admirer, and there's no reason to believe she's changed, of Benito uh, Mussolini, the fascist uh, dictator who was an ally of Ad Adolf Hitler, and indeed in the piece you wrote for Sunday Independent. On Sunday, you mentioned one of their party members who was an admirer of Adolf Hitler. So I don't know where the centre bit comes. Uh, <laughs> there's not much centre in, in Salvini, as far as I can see. Now, the league uh, that he is the leader of have dipped in person, in popularity and Salvini himself yeah. has. I understand that was because he was very critical of people in the South. Is that right? In, the, in well, no, southern that's... Italy where people are poorer, of course. Yeah. No, the, the, uh, way the vote has gone at this stage is that, uh, um, Maloney's got 26% of the vote, uh, and Silvio and, uh, Salvini have got about 8% each. So together they don't make up as much as she does. So she definitely leads the coalition. There's no question right. of that. But the reason that Salvini lost, um, there are a number of ones. But the most obvious one is that he was part of Mario Draghi's government. There was na government, yes. national government of unity. And, uh, the one person who stayed out of that was, uh, uh, Giorgio Maloney. So that looks like it was a winning move because, uh, she can't be blamed for anything that Draghi did, uh, and uh, she—she—that uh, uh, certainly uh, does not go down well with the Le the Lega supporters for uh, Sal uh, Salvini's people. Uh, and uh, I think you know Salvini's loss might. There's also another thing here about the same, which uh, ne needs to be explained to people outside of Italy, which is that we've had you know. The last time we had a prime minister elected in the general election was 2008, Silvio yes. Berlusconi. And, and since then, we've had, you know, European Commissioner Mario Monti appointed by the president. He lasted about a year. Then you had Enrico Letta uh, appointed again by the president. He lasted uh, a year and a couple of months. Then you had Mat Matteo Renzi. Do you remember him? He yes. lasted. He lasted two years, and he was the great new white hope. He's going to change everything. He had a constitutional referendum. It f uh, fell down, and he was kicked out immediately. And then we had Paolo Gentiloni uh, in, uh, up to 2018. He was just a stopgap measure. And then we had, uh, the, in 2018, the last election before this one, we had uh, the uh, phenomenon of the five-star protest movement, headed by a lawyer nobody ever heard of before. Yes. Who turned out to be very good, but Giuseppe Conte. So... Uh, and then after that, when, when, uh, Conti ran in the short space of, uh, uh, three years, he had headed two governments, uh, and they both broke down hopelessly. And so, uh, a president, the, the president in this case, Mattarella, intervened again, and he appointed Mario Draghi, who headed 
for the last, uh, uh, since February of last year, until July of this summer, headed perhaps the best government of them all uh, in terms of getting things done and handling uh, things like the, the, the European financial crisis and the, uh, the COVID pandemonium. But uh, the, the, the point is, Italians have been, you know, they've been trying, you know, you've tried, you've tried the butcher, the candlestick maker, and now the, the, the European commissioner, and none of them worked. And the only one who hadn't had a go at it was Maloney, so, uh, and she, uh, you can't, she, you can't accuse her of soiling her bib by, uh, bad government because she's never governed before. No. So, so uh, they've gone for her. Yes. Uh, she, her background is interesting. She, um, was from a poor working class family. Uh, Correct. She, she has, uh, I, I'm told a very distinct Roman, a uh, Rome accent. Uh, she has. Which is unusual. And she's been in politics a long time. She's 45 now. Uh, Correct. But she has been in politics since she was 19. She's paid her dues. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. The, of course, she's the first female uh, prime minister as well in Italy, which would be significant. And most evidently, her links with Hungary and Poland, with the Nationalist Law and Justice Party in Poland, with Viktor Orban in Hungary. Would it be fair to describe her as a nationalist and a right-wing, yes. a right-wing nationalist? And that really is that idea of nationalism. Really, even you can trace the Trump populism to American nation- nationalism and even Brexit with Boris Johnson. You can also declare to be an expression of English nationalism. So nationalism is back, but nationalism in Italy is associated, is it not? It's a bad name. Uh, Mussolini, yes. No, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Eamon, uh, uh, I see it exactly that way. This is part of the same, uh, it's a very large statement you're making, but it's part of the same nationalist movement that uh, is at the heart of uh, Trump in America and, uh, and at the heart of Brexit. There's no question of that. Uh, the point, one thing you have to say though here, yeah. uh, in turn, in relation to the Italian concept is it, is, uh, context is that, uh, you know, she comes from a, uh, obviously a very particular, uh, political, uh, pedigree. And that's, uh, her party, Fratelli d'Italia, started off as basically the survivors of fascism in 1946. And people who were nostalgic for, and unre- unrepentant about their support of uh, fascism and were nostalgic for uh, Mussolini and uh, they got together to put together a party which uh, wanted to keep the flame of fascism burning and yes. that flame is is in uh, Giorgio Maloney's current this party symbol the one that's just won the election yes. so that to you and me might seem very worrying but the curious thing is that if you ask Italians and, and I've asked a lot of them uh, most of them that they don't even they're not even worried by the fascist uh, thing uh they you know they, they say well she i absolutely believe she's left that behind her maybe some of her followers haven't but she's in charge and she's left that behind her uh, but <laughs> but uh, the, the the and if you ask her political rivals people like emma bonini who a lot of irish people remember uh, or 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 uh, I ask Kalend as one of the party leaders in the election. They both say, I'm not worried about her fascism. Uh, I'm worried about her, 
uh, anti-Europe, her Euroscepticism, yes, and her inexperience because she is very Eurosceptic. Yes, and there's another interesting fact for the times we live in. As I understand it, she's against same-sex marriage as well. Yeah, correct. You got. It. And I mean, did that did that raise questions during the campaign, or was it just this is what she is? No props. No, it raised questions, no question of that, but not as many questions in Italy as outside of Italy, oddly enough. I mean, yes. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, you, if you want to know, uh, if you want to scare yourself, uh, look at the, uh, on the web, at a, an address that George uh, Maloney gave to Vox. Uh, yeah, the, they also uh, support, they're the far-right Spanish party. Yeah. They, they also supported her in this election, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. But she went along uh, to one of their uh, rallies uh, in June and uh, she uh, gave an extraordinary speech, uh, uh, which is is worth looking at because in it she concluded by uh, shouting uh, in the best Mussolini style, like similar to those those uh, film, patty film news films you saw, yes. Mussolini and Piazza Manetti. And she said things like, yes to the natural family, no to the LGBT lobby. Yes to sexual identity, no to sexual ideologies. Yes to the culture of life, no to the abyss of death. Yes, yes to the universality of the cross, no to the violence of Islam. And she went on, uh, also, she, she mentioned uh, no to big international finance, no yes. to the bureaucrats of Brussels, all that stuff. Yes. Now, if, if, she, if she governed along those lines, there would be also hell to pay both in Italy and the European Union. I don't actually think she will govern along those lines, but I think that was a, that was a battle cry that uh, harked back to her, her forest roots. Yes, and uh, Matteo Salvini's politics as well are, are interesting. Can Salvini and Maloney contrive to present policies that they agree on? Uh, and I'm thinking particularly of the kind of policies that you talked about there, um, uh, anti-same-sex uh, marriage, anti-Islam, and all of yeah. that stuff that seems to come in a package. Last week in Sweden, we have, and yeah. now we have in Sweden, um, a government that is, you could describe perhaps a centre-right, but this manifestation in Italy looks seriously right-wing populist. I, I don't see the centre bit of it. Yeah, I know. That, that's, no, Amy, you're absolutely right. That's a good good question because, uh, and, and don't laugh at me when I say this, but the centre part comes from old Silvio. To go back to your question, will she manage to agree with Salvini? Her problem uh, is that she and the, uh, it's more Berlusconi who will be her problem there because right. they supply 8% of the vote. They have a uh, a definite, uh, uh, they'll have a definite voice in this government, uh, and you know she was very much protected and promoted by Berlusconi. Uh, she had her, her first, her, and so far only experience of government came in that 2008, 2011 government when she was uh, minister for youth, and uh, you know she, she will not ignore Berlusconi, and Berlusconi will would not go will not go down the line of you know, anti-LGB stuff, anti-sexual yeah. uh, identity, all that stuff. And, and he, he will be a, a, a great... However, he'll agree with a lot of the stuff, uh, obviously. Uh, and and I imagine, for having listened to um, Salvini already this morning, in the uh, immediate aftermath of the victory, 
I imagine these guys are going to uh, be very careful about falling out. They're going to work hard to keep together. What were the big issues in the election? Was there a, a low turnout, Paddy, or yeah. not? There was. There was, yeah. There was 10% yeah. off, 10% lower than the last election in 2018. Uh, it's like 67% turnout, which is low for Italy. And and what were the, the keys? Was it the economy stupid? Yes, it was, very much, no question of it. Cost of living, inflation, energy crisis, Ukraine. Ukraine obviously was uh, a huge one. And, and there, where, did and, this, where does, do you believe this alliance will stand on Ukraine and on Europe's and in the, indeed on the West's support for Ukraine? Well, um, Maloney uh, has been consistently very pro-NATO, very pro-sending arms to Ukraine. Uh, so NATO can breathe a sigh of relief. She's a bit Eurosceptic, so Brussels can be a little bit worried. But yes. as far as uh, Ukraine is concerned, um, she, 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 she's no problem. She, she could have problems with both Berlusconi and Salvini, who in different ways and for different reasons are, are big pals of Putin, as I said to yes. you earlier. Berlusconi was defending Putin as, li- as recently as three days ago. Yes. Now, let me ask you about how strong this government will be with the numbers that we see in front of us. I mean, between the three parties, you might have just short of 50%. Is it 45%? They've got 44%, yeah. Right. Is that enough to govern Italy? Is that enough to provide stable government that will last, is it a five-year term? Yeah, it's a five-year term. And in your view, Paddy, how stable can this coalition be on the numbers and indeed, when you look at the spectrum of their policies, well, they they can uh, not just for their own uh, their own uh, qualities themselves, and, and you know, having got back into Parliament, they're very keen to hold on to. But they can they can be very stable for one obvious reason, which is that the centre left uh, completely messed up in this election. In the sense that you know, if if you look at the the way the the results were. Uh, uh, went the biggest part in the land with twenty six percent is uh, Georgia Maloney, obviously. And the, the the second biggest part in the land is the PD, the Partito Democratico, or the old Communist Party, and the third biggest is the Movimento Cinque Stelle. Uh, the PD got nineteen, um, and the Five Star Protest Movement got fifteen. But I mean, if they, of course, the PD, the obvious thing for them to have done this election was to ally themselves with the Cinque Stella, with whom they agree in all sorts of uh, social policies, right? Uh, but did they do that? No, they didn't. So uh, there's no, there's not going to be anybody at the moment. Uh, Georgia Mullen's got a, a clear run out. She's got a very workable majority in both houses. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, Paddy, Mario Draghi was deemed by Manny to have done a good job as prime minister. He was formerly president of the European Central Bank. He was Goldman Sachs. Uh, yeah. But he came with, you know, credentials as, you know, when the financial crash happened, he was the person who I think would be remembered most for saying when the euro is under pressure, we will do whatever it takes. In other words, correct, scaring off people who were going to short the euro. And that was a moment which required a strong statesman-like response, but also a credible response. And that was, and he is, was deemed to have done a very good job as prime minister for two years, I think. Am I right, Paddy? For 18 months, yeah. Right. What happened to him and why? What happened to him and why? Uh, well, I was talking about the Cinque Stella, the, the Five Star Protest Movement and the PDs. They didn't get together also uh, this time, as they should have done, and they would have won the election. They didn't get together because uh, the Cinque Stella, the Five Star Protest Movement, essentially brought uh, Draghi down. Uh, the, he brought him down because of a, a, a gasificatore, a sort of uh, waste unit uh, thing to deal with waste that was being installed in Rome, and he voted against it. Right. And uh, and in Parliament, and uh, uh, Draghi said, well, "I can't, I can't rule with people who are going to vote against me because in the yes. current energy crisis, we need this thing." Uh, and uh, uh, then, if if they did vote against him, uh, it was. Uh, a great opportunity for uh, for Berlusconi, Salvini, and Maloney on the right to say, "Oh, Jesus, he's down. Let's let's get him now." Okay, and they, and they went for it. The, let me ask you a question about their core ambitions, their aspirations in terms of they'll go to Europe. They have yeah. strong representation in Europe. It's, yeah, it's one of the largest economies in the world. Is it the fifth or sixth largest economy? In the world, Paddy, thing is, I think I think it was the sixth or the seventh. Yes, um, right. How, how you call it? It's the third largest in Europe. Yes, and it seems to be perennially in crisis. The Italian economy, dogged by corruption, uh, as well. Is that a caricature, or is it largely an accurate picture? No, it's an accurate picture, but it's not just dogged by corruption. Although there's enough of that, but it's dogged by their huge debt. Yes. 166% debt. I mean, uh, no country can, you know, I, won't forget, I should know this, but off the top of my head, but uh, the figure of the Italian debt is, you know, one of those numbers you can't even imagine what it means, trillions and trillions. 
And until Italy unburdens itself of that chronic debt, it's not going to get anywhere. Indeed, hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, the country's been, if you forgive the use of a U2 line, it's been stuck in the moment for the last 30 years. Yes. Now, let me ask you about the alliances that Maloney's government may make. Yeah. Clearly, Viktor Orban and the Hungarians, yeah. uh, clearly, one would think, uh, with the Swedes, the new Swedish government, and also with the Poles, that she has close relationship to Poland's ruling nationalist party, which is the Law and Justice Party, which is not a, a particularly... Uh, at the moment, of course, preoccupied by what's happening between Russia and, yeah, of course, and Ukraine. Of but in an EU context, not renowned for adhering to the, the rules of, of, the, <laughs> of, of the European capitalist no. game. But, no, no, so but... will she seek, do you think, will they seek to form alliances with other like-minded groups in Europe, and they're growing. I mean, you could look at the Tory party and England party and say yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. they are probably the most mediocre right-wing government that I can remember in my long lifetime. Um, yeah, but the good, good news, Eamon, is they're not in the European Parliament, so she can't make an alliance with them. <laughs> right. No, no, but not in... I, I didn't mean an alliance with Britain in a European context. But yeah. a general, uh, would they look to Britain at all? Yeah, of course they would. And, uh, you know, all the people you mentioned there, the, the, you can add in uh, Marie Le Pen, uh, Marine Le Pen in France as well. Uh, I, you know, it was interesting that last night within uh, minutes of the election, there was a, a well-done message from Budapest. There was a well-done message from Warsaw. Right. Uh, so I, I think the answer is that on occasions, these forces are going to try and coalesce in some way. And that is something that obviously worries and has worried. Uh, it doesn't worry Italians who motor into power, but it worries uh, a lot of people in the European Union, I think. And I, I remember uh, when I played for Ireland Paddy in Florence one afternoon, we lost... Um, that, that wasn't long ago, Eamon, was it? It wasn't. It was quite, quite, quite some time ago. <laughs> I, want to, I want to get, the point I want to get to is we went for dinner afterwards and then we went to a nightclub. Yeah. And in, we weren't carousing or anything. Uh, we were just out and we met a group of Italian, young Italians and they, we started talking, I started talking politics with them and they, I said, to, you know, what party are you, do you belong to? And they said, we're fascists. And yeah. I kind of yeah. said, you what? But <laughs> uh, I, I was in my communist phase. But the point of, of this anecdote is this. Being fascist, being called a fascist, would be a terrible insult in most parts of the world. Now, I do, Well, well it, they've, they've, okay, Eamon, I mean, you've touched on one of the great enigmas of... Uh, uh, modern Italian life. It's one of the first things that struck me when I first came here 36 years ago. Uh, is that, you know, fascism physically is all around you. Yes. Go to a place that both of us know well, the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Yes. Like, uh, one of the great temples of football yes, in this indeed. country. It's surrounded. Every building around there, the building for, for Coney, the sports ministry, uh, the, the second, the, the uh, warm-up athletics track, 
the Stade di Marmi is called. All these things were built by Mussolini. There's a huge amount of mosaics on the ground, uh, and uh, and there are uh, you know the old Egyptian uh, spires, and on all of those things you have Duce, ducks, uh, il Duce. You have Mussolini. You have the there. Are, all that stuff is still there, right? And to a certain extent, it's still a little bit. Or maybe a large bit in people's head. I wouldn't say that you can say you're fascist now with quite the same uh, abandon as those kids did to you in, Fio- in Florence yeah. those years ago. But uh, because they are very unpopular with uh, the that section of Italy that has moved forward. Yes. Uh, uh, whereas they're deemed seen as a lot, by a lot of people as people have not moved forward. And the big question mark about Maloney is she clearly herself has moved forward, uh, but have all her supporters. Okay. Well, it's fascinating to talk to you, Paddy, and uh, we hope to talk to you again uh, as Italy's first female Prime Minister, Georgia Maloney, uh, leads her country. Yeah, and Eamon, Eamon, yeah. on that point, I'm glad you've just mentioned that. I mean, anywhere else, uh, in any other weekend, as it were, you'll be really going on about the fact we've got, uh, finally, uh, traditional Mediterranean, uh, you know, male chauvinist Italy has picked a woman to be the Prime yes, Minister, because this is the first one. Yes. But in, it the 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 the, the shockwaves of our fascist uh, uh, bloodlines yes. have uh, com- have completely wiped out that uh, the question about her being the first woman. Right. Okay, Paddy. Thank you very much indeed for joining us from Rome. That's Paddy Agnew, and we're very grateful to Paddy. To all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.